There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. National Health Service faces what's described as the greatest workforce crisis in its history due to severe understaffing. A report by the Cross-Party Health and Social Care Committee warns poor staffing levels are creating a serious risk to patient safety and it comes as research by the Nuffield Trust shows the NHS in England is short of 12,000 hospital doctors and more than 50,000 nurses and midwives. And also projections suggest an extra 475,000 jobs will be needed in health and an extra 490,000 jobs in social care by the early part of the next decade. So what's causing the crisis? Covid workplace sexism and bullying are all being mentioned as contributing factors. And here's former Health Secretary Jeremy Hunt speaking on LBC who was asked if Brexit had an impact on NHS staffing. Uh, there may have been some NHS staff who, who went back to, to Portugal or Poland or wherever. I think it's more likely to have been the pandemic, people sort of heading off home uh, before those lockdowns uh, happened. But the truth is that all over the world now, according to the World Health Organization, there's a, a shortage of 2 million doctors, 15 million nurses. So as the patient waiting list stretches over the horizon, what can be done to solve this workforce crisis and what will happen if it's not fixed? We're joined by Alan Lofthouse, a national officer with Unison, who's the union's ambulance lead and is also a former paramedic. Alan, firstly, before we get into the reports, what are you hearing from your members about ambulance waiting times? We've heard of the sort of cues of anything from you know, a few hours up to sort of 18, 20 hours where you've actually got a crew that will come off shift and in the morning will start the same shift and go back to hospital to go and join the same patient that's queuing outside the hospital that they were with the night before. And you're right, these are highly skilled people that are stood there with patients queuing. Now, lots of things have been tried. You know, we've tried these sort of liaison people that go and talk between the crew and the hospital. They've tried areas where you can just sort of effectively create a new ward and that ward is staffed by ambulance. But those ambulance go straight out again and come back in again with another patient. So it just makes that queue longer. And I think you're seeing the visible queue at hospital. There's also a queue out there of calls that have yet to be answered that people have triaged in those control centers I mentioned earlier, but they've not been able to get a response to. So the queue exists and it's bigger. 
but I think that's the visible side of it. What we're not seeing though is the other side. It's the, you know, the, the, the difficulties people have with getting appointments to see GPs, the difficulty for areas like the children's and adult adolescent mental health services, where they again their fundings have been cut and cut and cut. Social care where um, you know it's it's considered to be running cheaper and cheaper um, to, to try and um, you know tender out these contracts and uh, the issues with social care then, then mean that people aren't well looked after will rely on their community support and if that community support isn't there then they're going to call 999 or 111 for emergency support so those are the kind of I guess the system problems and the impact on people is it's just that you know was being reported to us how dispiriting it is because people stood in that queue know that the people in their community are calling ambulances but that they can't go and treat them because they're stood in a queue waiting and I think that's really frustrating it does have an impact on uh, you know, uh, retention and and people's feeling of job satisfaction. And with this in mind, what's your reaction to the committee's report? So I think we've broadly welcomed the report. And in fact, a lot of the things that the report says, we've been saying for a number of years now. And really, I think the report, as you put it, very soberly underlines the risk that we're currently facing in terms of the chronic shortages in, in workforce, and particularly the newspapers and and the public want to talk about doctors and nurses and I think the report does a really good job of actually highlighting that those are really important parts of running the health service but that there are other roles and other jobs that are probably unnoticed that are also suffering from chronic shortages which just lead to that overall feeling if there's just not enough staff within the NHS to deliver services safely um, but also give staff the kind of um, rewarding careers that they should expect as part of working for the NHS. Where are some of the working areas causing staff most stress? So I'll give you a really good example of that in ambulance that uh, I work specifically on and we've got people who work in the control centres that take and receive calls from the public for help and support and the paramedics that go out with the other ambulance team to respond to those emergencies and particularly in there we're seeing really high levels of turnover within places like an ambulance control centre which mean the overall effect of this you know huge demand that's placed on them is sometimes they'll be sitting there with half the staff that they need to run that call centre effectively with stacks of ambulance calls or 111 calls, the sort of less immediately life-threatening calls, stacking up without ambulances to send to them because those ambulances are currently queuing up outside hospital. So those people in that control room are dealing with you know, upset, worried members of the public calling in for friends or family, but they're also worried about the safety of the service that they're able to deliver because, you know, people get more unwell if they call for 999 and we can't get an ambulance to them. And, and, you know, you you would have seen that the response times, I think it was last week, the announcement that they've gone up considerably. You just know that that person is calling in with a stroke or chest pains. If they really are having a stroke or a heart attack, they're going to continue getting worse. So I think it's, it's adding that. So the morale is low. People join the NHS because they want to provide a professional and caring service. And I think we've reached that point now where people don't feel able to do that. And that really is impacting their, you know, how they feel about their job, how they feel about working together as part of teams. Let's go to the ads. Please do stay there to hear more from Alan Lofthouse. Why not hit rate and follow in the meantime? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. 
When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Alan, what's your view on the causes of these staff shortages? You know, some of these things have been around before the pandemic, and it's convenient to imagine that the pandemic has somehow created this sense of chaos in, in the NHS, but that isn't what the, the leading people are saying. The, you know, these workforce pressures were there before the pandemic. They may have been made slightly worse, and the recovery of services is an added aspect to it, but this, isn't, this is something that predates the pandemic and for us you know the biggest and quickest thing that the government can do right now is to award an inflation busting pay rise for nhs staff and in social care you know award them a, a decent pay rise as well and you know I, I work predominantly with the nhs predominantly with ambulance so not with social care but unison as a, as a union represents all parts of the health and social care and that's within the gift of the government and they've year on year on year have consistently ignored calls from unions and professional bodies to award a pay rise that's going to mean that nhs employers can compete with private sector in terms of the you know hospitality and catering industries that are taking people because wages are similar and that's going to help then retain staff that are currently there and maybe thinking about leaving but also make it an encouraging and rewarding and attractive offer to people to come in so that helps with the recruitment aspect of it as well do you have any hopes for either of the leadership candidates for number 10 pulling out some big policies to help this you know drive to uh, lower taxes seems to be dominating the current debate and i know you know at least one of them rishi i think has said that he will look at taxes once the books have been balanced investing in public services is about investing in communities and making them better and and it increases, you know, our quality of life across the board. And the NHS and social care is one of those bits that, that we need to be investing in. We can't take this, you know, well, we need to just cut taxes and we'll we'll cut public spending in those areas. We need to make sure that we've got the sort of health and social care uh, services that are going to support us as we get old, as our families get old, as we need them in those times of emergencies. And as we've seen from the, the news recently, and, you know, you see ambulances queuing outside hospitals, that, that's not a good thing for us to be seeing. It's a bit, I, I describe it like the canary in the, in the coal mine. Seeing those ambulances outside there is indicative of a problem elsewhere within the system. The, the flow isn't working. So I'd call on both of them to really think about investing in, the NHS investing in social care responding to this report today with some of the recommendations that it's making because they you know we agree with the majority of it but they really need to do that rather than hiding behind this sort of you know conservative dream of cutting taxes further and further. And finally as all these pressures get worse what's the likelihood of future strike action from your members? Well we're currently talking to our members about what action they would support and I think we always treat it as a as a as a last action it's not something we go to first of all so of course we want to keep our communications open with employers about things that they could be doing we want to keep talking about paying for the government to listen 
And it's one of those things that we'll do everything we can to prevent that from happening. But staff themselves have reached that point where they're angry and demoralised and they've not been listened to for many years. You know, this is not the first year we've put evidence into an independent pay review body calling for an inflation-busting pay rise. We've even given figures on it before and we haven't been listened to. Staff aren't listened to and they're feeling increasingly frustrated. And one of the things that we, we've got to do is we've got to shift this staffing levels problem. And one of the contributory factors to staffing levels problem is the lack of them because people are either leaving to get better jobs, um, better paid jobs um, uh, that require, you know, uh, maybe less skills even than, than you do in the NHS. Equally, staff are working increasing hours and some of that is unpaid overtime, which is a sort of ridiculous state of affairs within the NHS. So we're doing all we can to try and improve the situation. The difficulty comes when we, we're not listened to. And so that's why we're, we're going to be consulting people about what they want to do, what they support, because it's, it's our members who lead this union and they'll be the ones that will make the ultimate decision. more on this story in the evening standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk that's the leader we're back on tuesday at 4 p.m hi i'm lawrence delalio host of the evening standard rugby podcast brought to you in partnership with qbe business insurance the show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the champions cup will be crowned at tottenham hotspur stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.